When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer. Only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocers and the Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you. Marinero, the sick podcast, joining me tonight. Andrew Zadarnowski of Habs Eyes on the Prize. The topic... Will the Canadians make the playoffs if this is their team? As is, are they in or are they out? Andrew, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Tony. How about you? How are things going? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. And, of course, the Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and use code sickpod for a free pillow with your purchase. Essentia Beyond Organic Sleep. All right. Uh, we have uh, maybe about a month and a half sleep before hockey gets back uh, to its regular season. Actually, it'll get back uh, at the scheduled time, which is the first week of October for the regular season. That is so a couple of months. So in a couple of months, the regular season starts, Andrew. And if the Montreal Canadiens, if this is their team and they don't add any players, does this team make the playoffs? Yes or no? That's what we're going to try and figure out. So let's take a look at why don't we do things backwards and take a look at the Atlantic. Let's take a look at the Metropolitan. Let's take a look at other teams. We'll play the process of elimination game. And at that point, we'll see if the Montreal Canadiens have a better chance of being in or out. Are you good? I'm good. Let's give her a try. Let's see what happens here. All right. Okay. Um, In the Atlantic, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Florida, Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. In the Metropolitan, Carolina, the New York Islanders, Pittsburgh, Washington, Philadelphia, Columbus, the New York Rangers, and New Jersey. We got that? As you know, of course, eight teams in the East will make the playoffs. The Montreal Canadiens, as we speak, the lines can be anything, of course, but let's just say it sounds something like this. Suzuki in between Caulfield and Toffoli. Kakanyemi in between Gallagher and Hoffman. Perrault with Anderson on his right and Drouin on his left. Evans with Armia on his right, Lekkonen on his left. You have Cedric Paquette, of course. You have Paul Byron, who's out with an injury and won't be able to start the season. And then on defense, Edmondson Petrie. Sharat Savard, you have Romanov, you have Kulak, you have Weidman, and 
This is your Montreal Canadiens team. All right, so the lines, first of all. What are your lines? Yeah, uh, I was fairly close to yours. I think we can all agree that Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield are going to be the, the top line for Montreal. Uh, I think Caulfield came as advertised in the playoffs. Really, um, there was very little doubt remaining as to whether he was NHL ready or not after a pretty long season playing in, in college and then at the AHL level playing some international uh, there was no doubt in my mind that he is uh, NHL ready to play and he's going to be on the top line for Montreal. So that's going to definitely going to be interesting to see. I um, I had Hoffman with Kotkaniemi and Anderson. I think they're going to give Kotkaniemi some uh, some solid uh, wingers for a change. He's no longer no longer going to be kind of a, in a in a bottom six role. I think they're going to mm-hmm. try to give him a, a, sec- a second line role here with some important minutes and some important wingers. And we're, of course, assuming that this is the lineup that's going to be going into the season, of course. That's, we always have those yep. asterisks in this conversation. Where I struggled, I had, I had bottom line, I had, um, I had um, in fact, I had Ryan Paling, Evans, and Armia. I kind of, I'm going to go a little backwards here. I think Ryan Paling is going to have a, a show-me year here. Yeah. But for the third line, that's where things kind of get interesting because you start getting a lot of players that kind of start circling around there. You know, they have Cedric Paquette. They picked up Matthew Perot problem with those guys is that they didn't really pay, play much center last year. Matthew Perot hasn't played center in a couple of years now. So to pencil him in for a center role, uh, I think is is kind of maybe setting him up for, for a difficult season. What I'm wondering, and this is just purely hypothetical, with uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Drouin coming back healthy, uh, motivated, and ready to you know be a, a participant on this team, will they try to do the Jonathan Drouin center experiment again? but in a third-line role with Gallagher and Lekkonen as his wingers. I don't see that uh, happening, and I'm going to tell you why. Go if, ahead, he found last season, if he found mm-hmm. last season difficult, all right? Mm-hmm. Well, we know that his first year where they put him at center, he found it difficult. He didn't like it. Yes. They put him on the wing. If yeah. he found last season difficult and the struggles and the pressure that came with it, we all know that he needed some time away. Don't you think that if they're going to give it another go, they're not going to do it with added responsibility. And playing and center is a 200-foot yeah. game. It's added responsibility. But you know why we're having this conversation right now? Because I think everyone's identified that there's still a hole at center. Uh, and so there's a lot of guessing going on as to who's going to be that player that's going to take that center role. And again, this, this conversation is with the asterisks that this is the lineup going in. And, you know, Matthew Perot, like I said, hasn't played center in a few years. Cedric Paquette, um, also with very low center minutes last season. Are they going to introduce him to a center role uh, after not playing much center last year? I mean, obviously they signed him for a reason. I want to, I want to hope that the reason isn't purely uh, cynical because he's a a Francophone, but that they actually have a a position in mind for him. Uh, And I don't know if that's going to be center either. So I think we've identified that there's a need for, for something to fill that center position. And it's going to be moving someone who uh, hasn't played center uh, didn't play center last year. And that's, mm-hmm. for me, Druin is still part of that conversation, maybe in a different configuration than with Gallagher and Lekkonen. But uh, I, I think, yes, you're correct that, you know, how much pressure do they want to put on this guy? But if Jonathan Druin says he's back, uh, I think that the the team must um, use him to his fullest potential and not uh, not protect him or, or, or protect any sort of, a regression in his in his recovery certainly you know we're all happy that Drouin is back on the ice right now and back practicing on skates and mm-hmm. seems to be in 
based on that one picture that made social media this past week, he seems to be in yeah. good spirits, which is fantastic. And but um, if if the team is going to kind of um, uh, just handle him with kid gloves, then I don't think it's it's the correct approach. If if the team feels they need to to handle him with kid kid gloves. Um, then that won't, you know, use him to his fullest potential, and maybe they need to look to to trade him out of town just so he can play somewhere to his fullest potential without the added stress of, of being a center in Montreal. Let's say, but Andrew, if- I, I, and I've had this discussion before. I mean, I don't know how, I don't see how it's going to work out for Jonathan Drouin long term in Montreal. I mean, I wish him all the best. I hope for him that he's able to turn it around and prove everyone wrong that thinks that it won't work out long term, but. Uh, the the only way I see it happening, Montreal is Montreal. The pressures that come with Montreal will always be the pressures that come with Montreal. The criticism will always be there. So, um, you know, the only way I see it is either, uh, you know, he's moved before the season starts, but if he's moved, everyone knows that there's very, there's no value in a trade. So that's not good for the Montreal Canadiens. So what would be good for the Montreal Canadiens is he gives it a go. He tries to produce. If he does produce at that point, they get his value up. He could be moved at that time. But for Jonathan Drouin to be in the best possible situation uh, with less pressure, I think what he has to do, they got to put him on a third line. They got to put him on the wing, not at center. So there's less responsibility on a third line. There's less responsibility to produce because he's not a top six guy at that point. There's no pressure. And you go out there, you go out against third lines on other teams. You go out against third pairing defensemen. And that's the best situation. I think with Josh Anderson, on the opposite wing of him, could open up some ice for him. Maybe he'll see Perot uh, at center ice. Uh, maybe he'll see Jake Evans at one point. Maybe at one point, Kakinyemi will be centering him, and maybe Perot is on a second line for a very, very short term. Anyway, uh, offense. Take a look at the team right now. They've added uh, Mike Hoffman, of course, at the forward yeah. position. They've added Matthew Perot. They've added Paquette that we talked about at the forward position. Is this team going to score more goals than last season? Is this a better offensive team than the team that we just saw go to the Stanley Cup final? Um, I want to say for the regular season, essentially you're replacing Thomas Tatar's 20, 20 plus goals with uh, Mike Hoffman's uh, production. So I think that's one for one for the regular season. Uh, that's a, that's a wash. Uh, Phil Dano, we know that his offensive production has gone down, but you know, the, the, the puck side support that he offers on the defensive side is, is, is the in question, but from, from goals perspective, um, I, I don't think they will be scoring more goals. They're, they're going to require the younger guys to, uh, to step up. So Suzuki, Caulfield, Kotkaniemi, uh, all of them are going to have to score more goals than they did last season. We're going to have to see a bit more offensive, uh, input from Jake Evans, and I'm really curious to see um, how Ryan Paling does. He will have an opportunity to play a few games with uh, with uh, Paul Byron injured at the beginning of the season. He's going to start the season with Montreal. Uh, I'm curious to see how his game is going to translate to the NHL level. We know that he he struggled in his sophomore year uh, last year. Last season was much better for him, but he didn't play in the NHL. Um, I'm curious to see this. This is kind of a prove it year for for Ryan Paling. And if he starts off strong, if he can kind of be the the sort of the proved to be the same surprise as Jake Evans was last year, then I think the team will be solid enough. Will they score more goals than last year? Um, hard for me to tell. I think, I think it's going to be a wash. 
You can uh, go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Uh, use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items. If your favorite hockey team is the Montreal Canadiens, you can get some hoodies, you can get some jerseys, you can check it out there. All right, we're talking about offense. I Listen, uh, I think Hoffman and Tatar, I think it ends up being a wash as well. Dano leaves. He didn't put up big numbers, so that's not a big drop-off. Maybe Perot can actually manufacture what Dano did. Caulfield is, of course, is the X factor because he's going to be there for an entire season. I think there's a possibility that they do score more goals and that they actually have a better power play with Cole Caulfield and Mike Hoffman there. They lose Shea Weber, but the power play was not always great with Weber. You add Hoffman, you add Caulfield. I think the Canadians have a better power play. Because of that, I think the Canadians can score more goals. The penalty kill. Let's talk about that. This is the way I see it. Carey Price is coming off knee surgery. Paul Byron's not going to be there at the start of the season. And the Montreal Canadiens have lost Phil Deneau and Shea Weber. The Canadiens' penalty kill will not be as good as last season. There's a drop-off right there. And and I would agree with you there. You basically identified a lot of key uh, factors in how success and why the penalty kill was so successful in the playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. That's a lot of key components being lost from the first wave of the penalty kill. Uh, obviously, Jake Evans is going to have to step up big in the penalty kill. I think he's going to be uh, one of the guys that is going to be given the most responsibilities. You still have Arturi Lekkinen, which does produce a very you know he's a very productive player on the penalty kill. We're not going to see the the amount of shorthanded goals we we saw this past season. That a lot of it was uh, Paul Byron on breakaways, really. But um, yeah, I think I think you're correct. I think that the X factor for the penalty kill is going to be what uh, what um, Cedric Paquette and Matthew Perot can bring uh, to the Canadians, and and that in terms of the penalty kill, I think if if they can be uh, suitable replacements for Phil Dano, then it'll be okay. But uh, I have a, for me, it's a big unknown as to what Cedric Paquette and Matthew Perot can bring to the team. Cedric Paquette, Matthew Perot, David Savard, Good Shinu are happy to be home. If they want to throw a party, I tell them to call Sophistication Event Rentals, live music, DJ sound systems, tents, chairs, tables, decor, lighting, photo booth, TV screens. The number to call in Montreal is 514-570-5770. It's your one-stop shop. All right. I'm going to go through uh, some players, and you're going to understand why I will. Paul Byron, Jonathan Drouin, Jesperi Kakanyemi, Kerry Price. Just to name a few, I have question marks next to all of them. Paul Byron, he's going to be out. He's a good depth player. I know he was on waivers three times last season, but once again, Uh, they're going to miss him on the penalty kill. Jonathan Drouin is a question mark. We're hearing he's doing well. We're happy to hear he's doing well. At the end of the day, we don't know how he's going to do. When he took time away, he had two goals in the entire season last year before taking some time off. So we don't know how he's going to bounce back. Jesperi Kakanyemi, the Canadians need him to take not one, but at least two steps forward because he probably took two steps back last year in the regular season. So he's got to take two steps forward at the very least, a very minimum. And then Deneau is no longer a Montreal Canadian. He may have to take three steps forward. That's a question mark. Carey Price coming off a knee surgery. Carey Price was not great in the regular season. He was fantastic in the playoffs, not great in the regular season. What kind of regular season does Carey Price have, especially coming off a knee surgery? These are all question marks. Would you like to add more? 
Um, I, I think they're very good question marks. Uh, obviously, when you add new players to the lineup, you you have to worry about uh, about chemistry. When you add uh, you know they added Savard to the defensive core, will he find chemistry with uh, Ben Sherratt? It's most the most likely person he's going to be paired with. Yeah. Um, you know, and you just don't you know for for obviously Sherratt and Shea Weber had a had chemistry. They they read each other. They understood each other. They talked the same language. It was an unusual pairing. I don't think anybody expected those two to succeed together, but they did to to a great extent. Um, you're now changing the the, the that the partner for Ben Sherrod uh, with, uh, with David Savard and, and you're replacing a guy who did 25 minutes per game. Um, you know, can David Savard uh, replace 25 minutes of Shea Weber? That's a big unknown for me. Uh, and, and probably you'll probably see Jeff, um, Jeff Petrie taking on a lot more minutes. Now uh, is Alexander Romanov ready to take on, uh, you know, close to 20 minutes as well. That's another significant question to be asked. So for me, the whole right-hand side has been, right-hand side of the defense, that is, uh, has been kind of shook with the departure of Shea Weber. Uh, and and the question mark is, can they absorb the the lost minutes or can they absorb the minutes that Shea Weber would play, uh, which was usually an unusual amount per game? Cherry River, a hard seltzer, uh, only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives now available in Quebec grocery stores and at the beer store. Hope everyone's having a nice summer. These are going down just great. Thank you very much. All right. Let's take a look at the Atlantic Division. I talked to you about Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Florida, Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. I tell you this. Boston is making the playoffs. Tampa is making the playoffs. Toronto is making the playoffs. And Florida is making the playoffs. Agree or disagree? Absolutely agreed. Montreal has the unfortunate, uh, um, how do I put this? The unfortunate coincidence that they're in the toughest division in the league right now with the strongest teams. Uh, so relatively speaking, yes, those four teams are, are stronger than Montreal. And so, yes, those four teams are in. All right. Do we agree that these four teams are in ahead of the Canadians? I would like to say that Montreal can probably rub elbows with Boston and potentially Florida in the standings, but Tampa and Toronto are untouchable. All right. Okay. That's fair enough. Um, Tampa and Toronto are untouchable. Montreal can, uh, I'm not, I got Florida ahead of Montreal. I can, mm-hmm. I can, I, I'll, I might agree with you that they can probably give Boston a run considering that Boston will be without Yaroslav Halak. Boston will be without David Ketri, uh, David Krejci. Uh, Boston will be without Jeremy Lozon, who got picked up by Seattle. All right, fair enough. Okay, so uh, three teams for sure are in. Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. I have them all out. Agree or disagree? I think Ottawa has the potential to surprise, so I don't want to discount them completely out of the picture. But uh, Detroit and Buffalo, yes, and we can probably cross them off the list. All right, so Ottawa's a maybe in your opinion. I think they're out. I still think they're too young and inexperienced, and I don't think they're ready, and I don't think they're deep enough. But, okay, they're out. Buffalo and Detroit are out. Metropolitan, Carolina, locked to make the playoffs. And I only lost uh, Dougie Hamilton, uh, locked to make the playoffs. Carolina, yeah. I mean, just to kind of uh, go helicopter level here on the Metro and Metropolitan Division, it's a very hard division to call because I think a lot of these teams are very close. Maybe save New Jersey, who I do expect to be completely out of the picture. All the other teams are practically, um, I don't want to say interchangeable, but it's going to be a very close race in that division. 
Carolina, I have them in. New York mm-hmm. Islanders, I have them in. Islanders a lock the way they're coached and uh, only going to get better, adding Zach Parise. Um, Islanders, for me, a lock. Islanders are definitely going to be kind of the uh, – I, I, I know I'm going to skip ahead in my answer here, but if, you, if you're trying to make the argument for, for wild card races here for Montreal – uh, I think Islanders are going to be one of the teams they're going to be kind of uh, competing against here. Uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. I take a look at the offense that they have on the top two lines. I take a look at the experience. Of course, Pittsburgh with uh, with uh, with uh, Crosby and Malkin. Of course, with the Washington Capitals with Backstrom and Onovechkin and John Carlson and and the list goes on and on. Uh, uh, Kuznetsov remains a question mark. We don't know what's going to happen there, but I think there's too much offensive depth and too much experience. And I have Pittsburgh and Washington in the playoffs. Yeah, those two teams are just perennial playoff teams. I, I can't see them being out. All right. So personally, I have Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Florida in. I have Carolina, New York Islanders, Pittsburgh, and Washington in. Uh, and there's eight teams. We haven't talked about Philly yet. We haven't talked about Columbus. Uh, you did talk about New Jersey and Rangers. I mean, I, I have those 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 teams out. I think Philly could give it a run, though. I really think that they have the ability to bounce back because last year, if you recall, uh, COVID hit their team, and then all of a sudden they had a condensed schedule, too many games in a short period of time, and they were never really able to, to rebound from that. But So you have who has locks again? Uh, for me, for the Metropolitan, um, yeah, Islanders, Carolina, Washington, Pittsburgh, and Phil, I had Philly a question mark against them as well. So I, we're pretty much in agreement, I think. I think we, we've identified the strengths and kind of uh, the teams that are going to give uh, Montreal a run for the money for, well, the Metropolitan going to give them a run for the money and the kind of teams that Montreal is going to be looking on the inside out to compete for the wild card spot. Let's just say worst case scenario. Worst case scenario uh, we take a step back with what's going on and all that stuff and the situation that we know at the pandemic gets out of hand again. And they got to go back to the divisions that they had this past season. They go to the Scotia North. Mm-hmm. Four teams made the playoffs last year, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal. And Montreal made them four points ahead of Calgary. Let's just say they go back to those divisions. Do the Canadians finish in the top four in the Scotia North and make the, in the, Scotia North and make the playoffs? I think the Cal- I think Calgary is going to rebound this year. I think Calgary is going to have a stronger year. Um, Edmonton cool season Connor under Daryl Sutter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Connor McDavid and Edmonton, like you, you can't discount them. They're just Connor McDavid is just a one man wrecking crew. So to bet against him would be foolish. Uh, and then yeah, you got you got uh, you got Toronto. Winnipeg for me is always a hard team to to kind of figure out. I've never had a good grasp on on what their potential is. But if they were to go back to to the Canadian division. Um, I think Montreal still kind of hovering around the, the three, four, five spot. So, you know, they've kind of the, the maybe in kind of result. Power play once again, could be better for the Canadians. I think the power play will be better. Not could be better. The power play will be better with uh, minus Weber, but with Caulfield and with Hoffman uh, and with parole that I think you'll see on the power play every now and then I say the power play gets better. I say the penalty kill drops. I say they're probably going to give up more goals or they will give up more goals because Phil Deneau is not going to be there and uh, and he's gone and he's with the Los Angeles Kings and Shea Weber is going to be out for at least a season. Carey Price is coming off of knee surgery. So the penalty kill is going to get worse. They're going to end up giving up more goals. Paul Byron is not going to be able to start the season. Jonathan Drew is the question mark once again. Kotkaniemi has to take two to three steps forward. 
David Savard, with all due respect to him and everyone likes him, he is not Shea Weber. Carey Price, we don't know his ability. Jake Allen had a great season. He's going to have to have an equally great season. Tyler Toffoli had a great season. He's going to have to have an equally great season. Mike Hoffman's coming in. We don't know how he's going to fit in this team and how he's going to gel and what kind of chemistry. For all the reasons that I tell you, and we talked about it, the Montreal Canadiens as is, Andrew, I believe right now the Canadians are not as solid as they were the team that finished the Stanley Cup final. And based on what I see today, the roster today, I don't have this team in the playoffs. That's fair. Uh, I mean, uh, for me, Montreal is is this team that's kind of hovering in the, you know, they have to overperform expectation in order to get into the playoffs versus other teams which uh, are expected to get in. I don't know if it's a question of being overly harsh on the Canadians or we know or we just refuse to accept the talent that's there. But given the the relative strength of the teams that they're competing yep. against and the knowns or the known strength of those teams, um, I, I would agree that Montreal is kind of be gonna be competing at best for a wild card spot this year. And, and that's unfortunate given you know the amount of roster construction that's gone into to this team. Um, but you know, they it is what it is. They are competing against the strongest teams in the league, I would say, uh, for those playoff spots. So every single divisional game is going to be critical for Montreal. Every single game against the Islanders and uh, and Pittsburgh and Philadelphia is going to be critical for Montreal this year. Um, they're going to have to overperform against those teams and and get uh, you know performance from the players yeah. that need to step up. Uh, if you have anyone that uh, takes a step back, like if Jesperi Kotkaniemi takes a step back, or if Cole Caulfield has a sophomore slump, then obviously these are the things that will greatly impact the success that Montreal can have this year. As long as Mark Bergevin is a general manager, and as long as Carey Price is in Montreal, and so is Jeff Petrie, and so is Brendan Gallagher, uh, Mark Bergevin has an obligation to to put the best team on the ice, a team that can try and win right away for those guys. I mean, he signed Carey Price, so Carey Price can try and win a Stanley Cup here. The same thing for Petrie and for Gallagher. And for those reasons, I say, I don't think he's done. If you and I know that there is a question mark at center, if you and I know that this team is, at best, a wild card team, and I think right now they're out, if we know it, he knows it, I don't think he's done. I think Mark Bergevin goes out, tries to acquire a second-line centerman, and maybe tries to acquire a puck-moving defenseman because everyone knows looking at this team, this team needs those things badly. A second-line yeah. centerman and a puck-moving defenseman. You know, they, they had a puck-moving defenseman in a Victor Mete, but they decided not to exploit his sk- skill set. I mean, uh, there were, sure, there was a lot of kind of derisive and joke commentary about Victor Mete and where he fit on this team on social media. But he was the player, the one defenseman that was able to move the puck up the ice with little to no effort. Um, but just that that's there was a style clash between him and all the other defensemen and the kind of style of defense that Montreal wanted to play. And they therefore weren't able to exploit that skill set as much as, uh, you know, Victor Mete was able to, to give. I think we're going to see Victor Mete have a, a tremendous year with Ottawa because they're going to let him kind of cut loose a little bit more. Um you know, there's a lot of talk, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a popular buzzword to say puck moving defenseman, but Montreal has to be serious about wanting to exploit that kind of skill set. Uh, and I, I, di- I didn't really see that maybe because of a lack yeah. of uh, lack of resources, 
But, uh, you know, Jeff Petrie does go up a bit, but they had a puck moving defenseman in Victor Mete. Uh, and, they, you know, they didn't use him. They didn't want to play that kind of risky hockey. Yeah, but they got Chris Weidman on the right side in that mold in terms of a puck-moving defenseman. They probably think he's more of an everyday NHL defenseman than Victor Mete. They probably think he can produce more points. Now, there is a player who's out there, of course, that a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans would like to see, and that is Vince Dunn, who was picked up by uh, by uh, Seattle Kraken, of course. He is a left-handed defenseman. Uh, you know, And if you go out and you get a guy like that, you probably have to trade away one of your left-handed defensemen. And we know the Canadians organization has already said that the makeup of the defense, the makeup of the blue line that got them to the Stanley Cup final, they want to kind of try and keep that same makeup. So at that point, that leads you to believe that Edmondson will be with Petrie, Sherratt will be with David Savard, and nothing will change there. We'll continue to monitor the situation. You can place your bets on my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sickpicks. For a 50% deposit bonus, bet, win, get paid. You can bet on who's going to make the playoffs next year, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, who's going to win the division, who's going to win the conference, those bets, and much more. He is Andrew Zetarnowski of Habs Eyes on the Prize. I'm Marinero. It's a sick podcast. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio app and follow us on all social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in and watching, everyone. Have a good one. It's a sick podcast. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep, Cherry River Hard Seltzer, only 90 calories, natural flavors, and no preservatives. Now available in Quebec Grocery and The Beer Store. And Johnny Bootlegger's Whiskey Old Fashioned is both refreshing and authentic to the classic cocktail. Available now at Saks near you.